This is a preface slash disclaimer for this episode, as well as probably the next few episodes. <laughs> I am very well aware that the sound quality of this podcast is probably not up to par, and I do apologize for that. I actually just downloaded the Anchor app today and decided to make this podcast about an hour ago. <laughs> so, you know, you got to start somewhere. And right now, you know, I might not have all the equipment to make it sound incredible, but I do have the enthusiasm and the motivation to really give 150% to this podcast. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go for a walk and I'm going to film the podcast. And upon listening to a bit that I had just recorded, yeah, it doesn't sound that great. <laughs> you can hear, you know, cars driving by and uh, construction workers. <laughs> but all I ask is that you just bear with me as I, you know, get my feet wet in the podcast world. And I promise you, probably by like episode 10, <laughs> it's going to sound you know, perfect, and we'll have all of the proper uh, sound effects in order. <laughs> but I'm very happy to be using this uh, app Anchor. Anchor is free, uh, available in the Play Store and the Apple Store. And yeah, they don't require me to have anything, I don't even have to pay, <laughs> to make a podcast. So if you're interested in making a podcast, then download Anchor today. I, I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best right now and, and just talk, you know, and I, and I understand by walking around, <laughs> you know, I probably sound really breathy <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's not the best experience, but what I can say is that by just me walking around, you know, my city while I record this, I feel pretty confident, you know, I don't feel like my neighbors are listening to me while I'm like, you know, trying to keep it down in my room or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if, you know, this works and if it doesn't sound too bad, maybe that could be the, the shtick of my podcast is I, I go for long walks and I talk. <laughs> But, um, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you so much for listening and the audio quality will definitely improve over time. Thank you for all of your support and enjoy the episode. On today's episode, we dissect the disgusting horror film X, directed by Ty West starring Brittany Snow, Mia Goth, and Jenna Ortega. I'm excited, are you? This is the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. Stay tuned for further instructions. Welcome to the very first episode of X Radio. I'm so excited that you've decided to join me today for episode one. Now, X Radio is a podcast I've been really dreaming about for the past couple months. 
and I just figured, you know what, there's no other way to start doing something other than just to start doing it. <laughs> so I was actually listening to one of my favorite podcasts the other day because I am that girl. I am that podcast girl now. <laughs> and I was listening to a podcast called Curiosity Killed the Cat, hosted by Sarah Palpatine. Now, I actually know Sarah Palpatine in real life, <laughs> but I'm not just uh, doing a shout out for her show because I know her, but her show is so great. Uh, most recently, I watched or not watched, <laughs> listened to her episode about Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, episode two and three. She did a review, and Sarah Palpatine is the expert on all things Game of Thrones, so I love to tune into her, her podcast to get all the deets of Westeros before I watch the new episode of House of the Dragon. She's really good at giving all those insights on characters that you may be weren't thinking about because there's a billion characters in Westeros. <laughs> um, I apologize for the construction work. <laughs> Let me just walk past here. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I was listening to Curiosity Killed the Cat, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to make a podcast. I'm done dreaming about it, and it's time. So you've decided to join in for episode one, and I'm so grateful. And definitely go check out Curiosity Killed the Cat, hosted by Sarah Palpatine. You will not regret it. All the greatest HBO shows and all things Star Wars, she reviews it. Check out her podcast. <laughs> but this is X Radio. And on my podcast, I was like, what am I gonna talk about? <laughs> what am I gonna be most excited to talk about? And I figure, okay, well, what are the four cross points of who I am? <laughs> you know, think of the letter X. You know, if I had to put something at the end of, you know, each of the corners of the X, and then they all cross together to become me <laughs> in the center, you know, what would those four things be? Absolutely number one, horror films. I have been a horror film aficionado since I was about five years old. <laughs> uh, one of the first horror films I ever saw was Bride of Chucky, and it changed my life forever. <laughs> it unlocked the inner macabre monster inside of me, just seeing that little doll go nuts, and then Jennifer Tilly becoming a female doll. <laughs> it was the most incredible thing I had ever seen thus far in my life. So what that spawned was a love for all 80s horror films. The 80s, you know, I went back and I watched the original Child's Play films and there's just something about the 80s films. The practical effects, the cheesiness, the, you know, it's so gaudy but, but perfect at the same time. But, uh, you know, circling back. <laughs> yeah, one of the corners on the X would definitely be horror films. That is a cornerstone of who I am, and I do know a lot about horror films. I've seen all of the mainstream, big deal ones, and then I've seen a ton of B-horror movies that, you know, most people probably wouldn't know. So, 
while reviewing, you know, the new blockbusters that are coming out, I also would like to utilize um, this part of my podcast to talk about classic horror films, too. There's so many 80s, 70s horror films that most people don't know about, and it's up to me to teach you. (laughs) So if you really like horror films, this is the podcast for you. Now for the second corner on the X, it definitely has to be video games. Now, I am a queer individual, um, but I do not identify as male or female. I am non-binary, so my pronouns are they, them, and it, it was always a struggle for me, actually, to find things to talk about with boys, men, but I always realized that no matter what, video games was my way in. That is something you can always talk about with males. <laughs> I'm not saying that females don't play video games, but it was always just the knowledge that I had that made me feel less nervous when I was like trying to talk to other uh, boys my age or whatever. So I definitely have quite an extensive knowledge of video games because it is such a passion of mine. Uh, the video game that probably changed my life forever would have to be Pokemon Yellow version. And yeah, I played that when I was about five years old on a yellow Game Boy Color. And it, it is a cornerstone in my life. The moment I picked up that Game Boy Color and went on that adventure with Pikachu, <laughs> there was just no going back. And you know, if you love classic JRPGs, you know, cartoony video games, you know, this is definitely the podcast for you. I, I love Nintendo, you know, they're at the top of my list, but you know, I do enjoy some PlayStation and uh, Steam games, you know, other games that are not available on Nintendo, but probably most of the games that I'm going to be excited to talk about are going to be Nintendo based games. And there is a new Pokemon game coming out in November. So very excited about that. Now, the third corner on the X that is me, it's got to be food. I mean, (laughs) who doesn't love food? You know, for me, I actually love food probably a little bit more than most people. (laughs) I, I think about it more than most people probably. And unfortunately, I'm not rich. You know, I work very hard for everything that I have and, you know, my humble abode. Um, But, you know, it's hard sometimes when you got a billionaire's appetite and the budget of 10 bucks. (laughs) So, the third cornerstone of the X that is me, your host, I'm calling it Delicious Deals. And now the reason I'm calling it Delicious Deals is because there's so many different places and secret little secrets that you got to know about when you're trying to eat good. And so I would like to take a portion of this podcast to talk about Delicious Deals. You know, when you're, you got five bucks in your pocket, but you really want (laughs) to... 
you really want a nice meal. Well, I can, I can help you out with that. I'm an expert at all things fast food apps. I know how to get the deals. I am a coupon bitch, coupon queen. <laughs> so any chance I get, I'm gonna utilize a little moment to, just to give you a little, a little tidbit of where you can get a delicious deal. <laughs> or I'll just talk about food that I like. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be a good deal. <laughs> but food is very important to me. Um, I actually am a really good cook. I self-taught, have been cooking probably since I was about seven years old. You know, my mom would go to work in the morning when I was on summer vacation and I would peek out the blinds and as soon as her car pulled out of the driveway, I would be in that kitchen, turning the stove on, putting a pan on the stove and trying to fry an egg. <laughs> so, and then she'd come home at the end of the day and the dishes would be full of, or the sink would be full of dishes <laughs> and she'd yell at me. <laughs> but I was always in that kitchen at a very young age just trying to learn how to cook. Because I love food. And when you love food, you're like, okay, well, I want to figure out how to make it better than anyone else. I want to figure out how to make the best eggs, how to make the best spaghetti, how to make it, you know. So I am a critic. I am a food critic. When I eat, I am always comparing it to something that I would make because I have a lot of confidence in my food. <laughs> so, yes, delicious deals, uh, title pending. <laughs> But food is definitely the third cornerstone of the X. That is me. And the fourth corner on the X, I had no problem figuring out what that fourth corner would be. And that is drag queens. Now, I have been obsessed with drag queens since the debut of the show RuPaul's Drag Race in 2009 on Logo. <laughs> Now, in 2009, I was in high school. I was just a little, like, freshman, sophomore. And seeing men in heels and makeup and a dress working it down that low-budget runway, <laughs> it really did something to me. And it unlocked a love for, for counterculture, uh, gender-bending individuals, people who are not afraid to go against the grain and do something that maybe they'll get judged for, maybe they'll get laughed at for, and that's true, but only for 50% of the people, because the other 50% of the people are going to be cheering for you, and they're going to be people who, like, who are like me, who are going to be talking about you on their podcast. <laughs> I mean, I love drag queens so much that I'm probably gonna spend, you know, a good portion of each episode talking about the queens that I love and why I love them. And, you know, I would love to even do a, a review after show for RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I think season 15 is coming or something. <laughs> anyway, I have quite the extensive, extensive knowledge on the history of RuPaul's Drag Race. And, you know, I, I could possibly learn more <laughs> about before Drag Race. You know, there, there are other queens 
that are, you know, incredible, divine. Um, Dame Edna, you know, there's so many drag queens that people don't know because the only drag that they do know is RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and, you know, I love horror films, so obviously I'm a fan of Dragula, the Boulay Brothers. <laughs> so, in a nutshell, that is what this podcast is summing up to be. It's going to be the four things that I love to talk about most. Horror films, video games, food, and drag. I mean, if you like any of those things, then stay tuned and we're going to have a great time exploring this, uh, this world of podcasting together. All right, it's time to get into the meat of the episode. Are you hungry for some horror? ready to talk about X. <laughs> so when I was trying to come up with what horror film to review for my first episode of X Radio, my name being X, <laughs> I figured there was no other horror film that would make sense other than the film X. Uh, now X is a modern film that is basically a 1979 horror film. In theory, that sounds amazing. That sounds like everything that I want. Execution, we'll talk about it. <laughs> now, I actually watched this film in two parts. Last night before I fell asleep, I watched exactly half of the film. It was like I watched 50 minutes of the movie. And going into this movie, I knew what was going to happen. I, <laughs> the film was spoiled to me <laughs> from my best friend, which is totally fine. She absolutely hated it. Her and her sister, they hated this film because of what transpired. <laughs> and this is a warning. The rest of this review of the film X will be will have spoilers. Uh... So if you have not seen the film X or you don't care about being spoiled as to what happens in the film. Turn off this episode now, go rent the movie X, watch it, and come back. Okay, now that that truck has passed me and you've been warned, we're gonna get into it. So, the film opens 
with a very, very familiar view of an old farmhouse. Now the opening shot, you know, they're looking from like outside a barn, uh, looking, they're inside the barn and they're looking at this old farmhouse. And immediately the first thing that pops into my head is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You could tell from the first shot of this film, this person is obsessed with the movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I'm obsessed with the movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I love it. I love it from the first shot that I see. I'm like, I'm excited. And the way the camera starts to pan towards the farmhouse, you hear the crickets and the, and the, the sun. It's like you can hear the sun shining because of the crickets. <laughs> but um, it's a beautiful open, opening shot. And that's how, for the first half of this film, we'll just start with, you know, that first 50 minutes that I watched, every single shot is gorgeous. They took care to make sure that everything you're seeing on screen at every moment is beautiful in a horrific way. And that is something that I can appreciate. Now... As we meet the characters, they are in a van. I don't know anything about cars, so I can't tell you what kind of van it is, but I'll bet you anything it's probably the same kind of van that they were driving in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But, <laughs> so if someone could confirm that, um, you know, I bet you the person who's making this film went through, you know, all the little details, you know, the clothing, the hair, Everything just looked so 70s with that perfect, with the perfect view of modern film, you know. With modern movies, everything's so beautiful. It's so crisp and HD and perfect. And that's where this movie shined, was in the imagery, the visuals. I literally felt for a few moments, I, I didn't even watch this in theaters. And I just, I, I felt like I was transported back to, you know, late 70s for, for, for a few moments. In, in the beginning, for sure. It was, it was the perfect beginning, I felt like. When they pull up to the gas station, I'm like, this is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> so, so I'm into it. And you find out from the very beginning by reading the sign, side of their van it says plowing service <laughs> and they got cameras. This is a film crew who make dirty movies. And you got Brittany Snow, you know, with her short blonde hair, looks gorgeous. She's kind of like an executive producer, but also the star, you know. And then you got the director guy. I don't remember his name. I don't remember any of their names. <laughs> which doesn't really matter. Do you remember anyone? Do you remember Kevin Bacon's name in Friday the 13th? No, you don't. <laughs> but uh, we meet the, you know, the main boss guy. And, and you know, I, I like gross older men types, so I immediately think he's hot. <laughs> don't know the actor that is playing him, but he and Brittany Snow 
was it yeah him and Britney Snow that were kind of like a couple Britney Snow was kind of like a couple with everybody you know she I really liked her I really liked the performance that she gave um, and then we are introduced to uh, Jenna Ortega's character who is like a, a camera girl you know a production assistant and she's the shy one she's she's giving me final girl from the moment I meet her, I'm like, she's the final girl. There we go. And, you know, she's, she's a little timid. You know, this is probably the first dirty movie she's ever worked on. So she's like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and then we meet Mia Goth. Um, the film actually opens in on Mia Goth. She's, she's kind of supposed to be our final girl. But... Um, based off of her character that they portray her as, I didn't get Final Girl vibes from her, um, which is fine. Uh, she's, you know, the first time we see her, she's snorting some coke, you know, about to go make a scene. And she looks in the mirror and she says, you know, you're a fucking sex symbol. <laughs> Hyping herself up, you know, to go give her best performance. And, and I think she's gorgeous. Um, Mia Goth... <laughs> Yeah, the, she, with her hair, the way it was done, and the blue eyeshadow, you know, like, she was giving me 70s. And, and, I, and I really wasn't mad at her performance. I didn't think she was annoying or anything. I, I, I did like her. I liked everybody. Um, even the guy with the glasses and the long hair. I don't remember his name. <laughs> he was kind of like the guy on the side, you know, that we always have in the horror film. The one who's going to find the Necronomicon and accidentally summon the Evil Dead. <laughs> uh, the smart one. Um, and then we have the guy who is the star of the porn alongside Brittany Snow. And I don't remember his name. But he's very handsome. Tough guy. You know, jock. He's got his afro. You know, he's always pumping his guns and we definitely see at one point he has he's very well endowed <laughs> uh, I like his character I liked all the characters no one was not likable to me and I and and that is kind of rare it's pretty rare you know so I'm into it I'm into it you know they introduce uh, you know where they're gonna be these they they pull up in their van to this, you know, the farmhouse that we saw in the beginning. Now, in the beginning, you know, they, they were giving us very Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake in 2006, where it just starts off with the police going into the basement and seeing the macabre, the aftermath that is there, and then boom, cuts to, you know, our main characters in the van. So already from the beginning, it's just like, I feel like I'm watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake 2022, or... 2021. I don't remember when this came, film came out. <laughs> and, and I'm happy. No complaints so far. They pull up to the farm in their van. And we meet this old gentleman. <laughs> uh, who, you know, seems to be the, the owner of this land. <laughs> and he immediately greets them with the fucking shotgun. And the, the boss dude's like, hey, you know, we're just uh, trying to rent your, your little shack over there. You know, I spoke with you on Tuesday. And uh, 
then the old man is like, oh, okay, well, you know, yeah, I guess that's why you're here. And he shows him to the, to the shack and, and then we get the shots <laughs> where I knew, I knew things were going to go wrong. <laughs> we get the shot up to, uh, our, uh, our antagonist of the film. Not that the old man is not the antagonist also, but you know, the, the villain, the big baddie. Grandma, <laughs> we see, um, now, now they didn't reveal her name in the movie, which I thought was it. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. And I, uh, just didn't catch it because, you know, and I'm going to talk about my complaints of this film and that has to do with that, where you can't even hear what the fuck the older people are saying. Cause they're talking like this and they can barely hear what so if <laughs> so if they said Pearl at one point I didn't catch it but her name is Pearl as I assume based off of the new film Pearl which comes out in theaters tonight actually uh, as I'm recording this it is September 15th um, about 10 a.m. and the movie Pearl comes out tonight which is a prequel to the movie X. <laughs> so <clears throat> if you haven't put it together yet, I am watching the film X for the first time so that I can go see the new movie Pearl tonight. <laughs> and there will be a review for Pearl after X. Uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> so we meet Pearl, the old woman standing looking out her window at Mia Goth. Now I'm not a hundred percent sure about this, but I'm pretty sure Mia Goth is Pearl. Mia Goth, they just, they made her Pearl also. So she's, you know, the sex symbol, the, you know, the, <laughs> the porn star and she's the old lady. And then as the, as we got closer up shots of Pearl, I was like, oh yeah, that's a, that's Mia Goth. <laughs> I haven't looked it up and, you know, on IMD and B to confirm it, but I'm pretty sure that's her. And then I'm pretty, I've only saw one trailer of Pearl a while ago and I'm pretty sure, yeah, that's Mia Goth playing young Pearl. So, so we meet Pearl. <laughs> and when I said earlier that this film had been spoiled to me, I was told that the old lady is the killer and she is horny and that's why she kills. <laughs> so that is a plot point, you know, was the reasoning for why I didn't ever see the movie, you know, when it came out because my best friend told me she hated that about it and, and it wasn't worth it because it was just so stupid. Um, so the moment I see Pearl looking out the window at them, my heart kind of sinks because I'm like, fuck, that's a, you know, a 23 year old girl in old lady makeup, you know, like the, you know, this is supposed to be the perfect horror film. And, and that right there doesn't really make it the perfect horror film. Um, for one, I mean, you're robbing an older actress of, of an opportunity 
for a role, you know. I, I, I mentioned Friday the 13th not that long ago. They gave that role to Pamela Voorhees, a woman who actually did not like horror films. She didn't. She was not excited about being in a horror film. She thought like, "Oh wow, I this is the movie my agent got me. Friday the Thirteenth, a horror movie." Like, and nobody knew what it was going to be back then. But she thought it was a joke and just like a waste of her time. But she still did the damn thing, and she's remembered for that role above all others. <laughs> as Pamela Voorhees. So, so right there, you robbed a, a, an older woman, you know, maybe a woman in her 70s or her 80s who is, is still wanting to act and, and have some crazy killer role like this, you know? You know, look what American Horror Story did for Jessica Lange's career. Um, and a lot of, and Kathy Bates and uh, other, you know, older women who deserve the role of the older woman because it's hard enough for them to get roles in general so so that that's that's a complaint i have um and it just didn't work it didn't work visually you know there were some scenes that were really creepy with her you know when she's kind of like standing and leaning a little bit you know it's like i get what they were going for the execution just wasn't 100% for me, and it's not the perfect horror film. It doesn't deserve the 94% it has on the tomato meter as of this recording, but I'm not going to to rob the film of every all of the good reviewmanship, all of the good things I could say about all the things that it did correctly. Um, I was, you know comparing this film a lot to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but another film that I felt this was even more inspired by was Lake Placid. Now, that's a that's a lesser well-known horror film than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, I bet you most people going to see the film X were like, oh yeah, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But how many of them were like, oh, Lake Placid, you know? That's what I got from it, you know, when they introduced the crocodile. <laughs> so we'll get back to, you know, they're, they're just introduced to their, their cabin shack where they're going to be, you know, doing the deed and, and making their art. And, you know, the old people go back and just kind of leave them alone. And when they are filming the actual porno <laughs> i thought it was done really well you got some incredible tit shots of britney snow mia goth i mean i am not attracted to females at all but i can appreciate tits in a horror film you know it's it's just it's such a part of it and we didn't just get tits we got dick shot you know so we got a guy in whitey tidy underwear you know so it being a modern horror film it sexualized the men, in my opinion, just as much as the women. Um, and also, you know, if we're going to talk about gender stereotypes, what I will say I loved was that the killer was a woman. I'm, I'm really happy about that. I'm happy that the killer wasn't, you know, her character was probably, you know, 80, 70, 80 years old, you know, like that. I'm, I think that's cool. You know, it's a change to the formula and if it was 
if that character was portrayed by an actual woman of her age, it would have been more exciting. It would have been, it would have added to it and you wouldn't have seen it coming as much. You know, when you see a, an old woman that is painted up to uh, a young woman that's painted up to be an old woman, there's something up, obviously there's, there are, you already are let in on something that you shouldn't have been let in on. If it was just, and, and the uh, man, um, I don't know if that was a younger man with makeup. I can't tell if it was. Um, so, you know, I'm going to have to look that up. But, you know, it didn't bother me as much because, yeah, if it was a younger man with all that makeup, I couldn't tell. Mm. But it probably was. It, it was just executed better. That, that disguising of makeup if, if, if that was there or that was a man in his you know 60s or 70s I'm not sure but with Pearl I immediately knew I was like e even if I even if I wasn't exposed to the secrets of this film before watching it one glance at that that woman and I would have known up oh, she's the killer she's the she's the monster she's the secret she's the you know so there what for me there you know there was no surprise of like oh the old woman's the killer and i think if even if you saw that movie without knowing that that surprise is gone because it was mia goth <laughs> so detracts a lot of points in my opinion um but going into it knowing that i i had i had pretty low expectations my expectations were really low and i didn't think i was gonna like the film um, so after they filmed the dirty movie, that's when, uh, Mia Goth, I believe, was it Mia Goth? Someone goes to the house, the farmhouse, sneaking around or whatever. I think it was Mia Goth because she has the, uh, the overalls on. And there's a shot when she's running from the farmhouse through the, the field. It looked shot for shot like a scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it was so beautiful. And I could just tell that the director of this film had so much fun putting these scenes together and giving you visuals that you were going to connect with, you know, some of your favorite horror movies. Um, at this point, I don't remember, yeah, when she went swimming, if it was after this or whatever. But and it, yeah, I think it was after she ran away from the farmhouse. She went to go for a swim. And that's when we see the crocodile alligator. I think it was a crocodile. Now that scene I thought was so good. How the camera was like high above the water and you just see her swimming naked. It gave me like Jennifer's body. Uh, even though I know that's not what they were going for. Um, and then you see the crocodile like slowly swimming behind her. I thought that scene was really done really well. And it, it, it kept me on the edge of my seat and the moment I saw her, I saw the crocodile, I was just like, old woman, crocodile, Lake Placid. If you have not seen Lake Placid, I'm not going to spoil anything and tell you what that film is about. I said old lady and crocodile, and, you know, there you go. <laughs> it is a very campy horror film that is, is meant to be laughed at. You know, it's, it's, it's so much fun. And I actually haven't watched Lake Placid in years. So 
Um, this definitely has made me want to go back and watch that, and I definitely will. And maybe I will make Lake Placid the second horror film that I dissect on here. After Pearl, because Pearl is a little surprise bonus. Anyway, so she gets, she escapes the crocodile. She didn't even see the crocodile. She crawls out of the water. And, um, I, by the way, I really want to say that the shot of, you know, just her, like with the, with no bra and tits and like the overall, I thought that looked really cool and really good. And if I had a body like that, I would be wearing overalls with no bra because <laughs> I thought it looked really sexy. <laughs> so. Uh, after everyone does the deed and they film what they need to film, uh, Jenna Ortega decides she wants to get in on the action. She literally goes to like the producer and is like, I want to, I want to be in it. I want to, I want, I don't want to just hold the camera. I want to (laughs) fuck. And she does. And yeah, I thought that it was really, I just, I thought that the sex scenes were really tasteful and really like classy and because they were, they were imitating, you know, a kind of seventies porn aesthetic style. And it it just, it was really cool. And there was nothing I disliked about that. Um, cause I liked those characters and I was excited to, you know, see them in their prime doing what they came there to do and then excited for the killing to ensue. Um, But I just wasn't excited about Pearl as an old woman. Yeah, I, you know, we'll get into the the kill scenes that, you know, were um, pretty cool. There were some really cool kill scenes. Um, But as a killer, as an antagonist of a a horror franchise (laughs) now... Um, I'm going to need to see Pearl, the see, the prequel, sequel, I don't, I don't even know, uh, to really understand this character. And that was obviously their plan from the beginning. They uh, had Pearl planned. Uh, and I think that's why they had, you know, Mia Goth dress up as an old woman so that that same actress could play the younger version of her. But So if this was all planned, then the second film... I'm hoping that I'm going to really understand the character Pearl and like her more. And then if I do end up liking this character, then that would increase my, you know, enjoyment of this film X. But as a character, Pearl, I was just kind of like, okay, she's an old lady. You know, her husband is not giving it to her like she wants. So she's frustrated. (laughs) Anyway, so... Jenna Ortega films her scene and everyone's going to bed. It's nighttime and it's time for some killing. You know, we've been, you know, an hour into this horror film and no one's died. So, you know, I want to see a good kill scene and we get it. Um, The guy with the glasses and the long hair who I didn't really remember where he like cared about Janet Ortega's character if they were dating or he just was like saddened to see like an innocent girl do porn like I I was a little disconnected as to like why he was so upset about her filming a scene um probably because he likes her loves her cares about her um he's crying in the shower 
which I thought was a really good scene. Again, we have a naked man, you know, so as you know, just there's just as many naked men, I guess, in this film as naked women, which, you know, is awesome. Um, <laughs> and we see him decide he's over it. He's done. He wants to leave. So he grabs the keys. And, and for some reason, this, the shot of him like grabbing the keys, I thought was really, really awesome. Just like the camera was already there. And it just the quick grab of the keys, every little shot like that was calculated. And it was, it was a studied reinterpretation or, or, or redo of, of the way they used to film movies in like the 70s. There were little transitions that he did where he would like play, cut, cut to the TV of the preacher, you know, and then cut to where we're going and then cut back to the TV of the preacher and then cut to where, you know, double cuts and like, and it like messed with my brain a little bit, but it was awesome. Cause I was like, people just don't take that extra time when they're making movies to, to make it perfectly theirs and perfectly, uh, just, yeah, create their vision to the fullest extent. And someone like Quentin Tarantino absolutely does this. You know, he's going to decide, you know what, I'm going to flip this scene to black and white for a second just to increase the, uh, the intensity, you know. And if, if you know why he made the scene of him killing the, uh, our Beatrix kiddo defeating all of the crazy 88 black and white, it's actually because... Uh, he wanted to keep the rating a rated R and not a rated M. So uh, to make all the blood go away, they just made it black and white. <laughs> anyway, back to X. So the director did no wrong in, in the way they directed this film. You know, honestly, just like any other movie that I really like, you know, I only have the one complaint. One or two. So, so if that's all I really have to complain about, then, you know, I think over time, as I watch this movie more and more, and they make sequels and prequels, I'm going to learn to appreciate this movie more, because there's so much to like about it. Um, we're going to get into the first kill scene. As... The guy with glasses and long hair, as I keep calling him, gets into the car. He turns it on. He's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Find your own way home. And I'm like, oh, this is good. This is smart. This is a good way to, like, get the rest of them trapped so they can't leave if someone, you know, is leaving. Um, and then he goes to pull out the gate. And boom, there's Pearl. Ghostly Pearl with her white hair sticking everywhere. And she's, like, leaning to the side a little bit. And it's spooky, you know, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, I already know exactly what's going to happen. I know she's going to kill him. <laughs> so if I were in that situation, my first instinct would probably be run that bitch right off the road. And of course he doesn't. He gets out of the car and approaches Pearl <laughs> And says, are you okay? And she, like, goes to touch him. And I think that's when he was like, okay, lady, like, I'm just trying to, like, you know, get out of here or whatever. Anyway, all of a sudden, he goes to, like, make a move. And then that's when she stabs him. 
So it was just really quick and effective, creepy, scary, and he falls to the ground and he's obviously like done for, he's dead. And she goes in. She like is carving up his neck with like a switchblade knife. And she's loving it. Now, what I really, really liked about this scene was the blood was splattering onto the headlight of the car and making the light shining on them red as she's, you know, carving into his jugular. <laughs> Her teeth are like popping out and she's like <laughs> just really, you know, I can't imagine the last time she had killed someone. You know, at this point, I don't think we know about the guy in the basement. <laughs> I don't, you know, this could have been her first kill for all we know. For all we know at this point. Um, but yeah, she she destroys him. And, you know, for, for, for a horror kill scene, I thought it was good. You know, with the red light and the blood, you know. It, it gave me that eight old, like, 70s, 80s horror moment. You know, it... Uh, it almost made me think of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, you know, because the lighting in that one is really spooky and ooky in the in the record in the record room when we first meet Chop Top, uh, Bill Mosley, you know, uh, the way the lighting is in that room when he's like going through all the records and everything. It's just like eerie. The sometimes like red, red, green lighting can just really make your stomach twist, you know, if there's someone kill, killing someone in that kind of lighting. <laughs> so for the first kill, I was like, yes, this is cool. All right. Pearl is killing. She, she, you know, she just killed the person who is, you know, who has the keys. She took the keys and that's it. So from here on out, we see Pearl's man, um, basically assisting her in, her kills. Um, he is like going out to their, you know, to their shack and saying, you know, oh, you know, I can't find my wife. She's she's sick and it's dark out there. I need your help. And da 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 da. And you know, you immediately know that he's helping. There's at no point where like they set it up to where it's like a surprise of like, oh, he doesn't know, or you know, like he's just innocent. I thought it would have been almost better. For, you know, him to have been the one trying to help the kids, you know, and, 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 and stop his wife from doing this crazy shit. And then we do find out, you know, where Pearl is looking at a photo and she's like muttering under her breath. Again, I don't know exactly what the hell she was saying. The only thing I actually caught was when she was like, back then he would do anything for me. <laughs> And so I knew, okay, okay, so he, he would kill for her, or he would, you know, bring the boys and the girls, you know, so she could have her way with them. He was, you know, the, the accomplice, just as bad as she is. And, you know, I, I wasn't that mad at the way that that went, because I'm assuming this, the movie Pearl, we're going to meet him as well, you know, and see how they met and, you know, that he loved her so much he was willing to do anything for this woman, even let her rape and kill other people. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, 
the the second half of the film is absolutely you know the the bloodbath you know that's when the killings happen and i gotta say <laughs> one of my favorite kills was definitely with uh the guy in the barn you know just seeing a guy in like un whitey tighties you know muscles and big tough guy and then he steps on a nail and pearl just comes in stabs him with the the pitchfork <laughs> um i thought i liked that scene i thought it was cool and you know um maybe maybe we could have got a little bit more out of his character than you know him dying that early um but you know you got to pick off the the tough ones first <laughs> especially if you're a frail old woman but the pitchfork kill definitely was friday the 13th part two um again you know this director just took each specific moment to decide okay what horror film can we pay homage to in this moment and there's no way that he would use a pitchfork and not have it be a reference to Friday the 13th part two so very cool um and, but the moment he was looking out the little holes with his eyes I knew I was like pitchfork I knew it because um when you go to like rent the movie off of the app that I watch movies on, it's called Voodoo, V-U-D-U. Um, the, the image for the movie, not the cover of the movie, but when you click on the movie, there's the cover of the movie. And then they have one image, you know, for the movie. It was literally an image of the old woman with a pitchfork. So I was like, okay, well, at one point she's going to have a pitchfork and kill somebody. <laughs> so, so yeah. And if you didn't know that the old woman was the killer, well, the image on Voodoo told you right there the old woman has a pitchfork so not the best job of <laughs> concealing <laughs> the killer or the secrets held within the movie but i think that again is where this movie shines is you go into this movie not expecting to there to be a secret ending or a tw big ash twist you know you're just kind of ready for a 1979 sexy bloodbath <laughs> which is what it is and and if you go into the movie just wanting a fun horror film that you're going to, you know, wince at at a couple moments and laugh at at a couple moments or, you know, it, I like it. I do like the film X. You know, would I change a couple things? Yeah. But it is what it is. Am I excited to see Pearl? Yes, I'm really excited for there not to be a young woman dressed up as an old woman in a film. <laughs> so, so for them to be able to strip all that away and just play with the character in a way that they have probably wanted to do since before they even made the movie X is very exciting. And I'm excited to see the creativity that comes in the prequel. Uh, and yes, I will be seeing that film tonight. Um, by the time you get to that part in this episode of this podcast, it will already be past tonight because, you know, that's the beauty of radio, <laughs> radio magic. But, um, we're still reviewing X and yeah, we had the pitchfork through the eyes kill. Um, but the old, you know, at this point and I'm like, okay, the, the old woman's horny, you know, she's wanting to rape and touch people. She didn't even touch the man. You know, <laughs> she didn't even, <laughs> he had barely any clothes on. I was like, okay, she's going to take that pitchfork and, you know, peel off his underwear or something. <laughs> but, 
No, she just covers him with some hay and calls it a day. <laughs> I think she, you know, you, it's very obvious, you know, who she's after. You know, she wants, she wants Mia Goth, which in a way, I think it's kind of weird that she, like, wants to fuck the girl that looks like her. She wants to fuck a younger version of herself. <laughs> but maybe as we're going to see in the movie Pearl, that this woman... Yeah, was just a sexual beast at her prime and a sexual monster, you know, who killed people. (laughs) And that she misses that time so much that, you know, when she sees Mia Goth, who looks like her young, you know, it, it, it reignites that like feeling that she had when she was younger, I guess. You know, I think that's what they're going for. (laughs) But anyway, so. Yeah, we um we have our second kill, and then uh, what happened next? <laughs> anyway, we see um yes, uh, we see at one point the main uh, porn actor, the guy with his big dick, uh, gets wandered off to the swamp with the older man and the gun. And that's where I'm like, okay, crocodile, gun. Like, I see how this is all going to go. Makes sense. Um, and that happens. And honestly, at this point in the film, my brain was kind of wandering. <laughs> and um, I actually decided at this point was like, oh, I'm going to make a podcast. <laughs> so I literally, at this point of the film, opened my iPhone and I was like, oh, I'm going to download the Anchor app. <laughs> Now, if you don't know what the Anchor app is, there's a perfect time for me to talk about it. Anchor is a free app available in the Apple App Store and the Play Store. And if you want to make a podcast, all you need is the Anchor app. With Anchor, there's no fees. There's n- You don't pay a dime. You just download the app and they have plenty of tools for you to make a podcast if you decide to make a podcast today, which is exactly what I did. <laughs> You're able to sync uh, Spotify to Anchor, and you could have a show where you review songs. You can make a show about whatever you want, because it's your show. <laughs> and I'm very happy to be using Anchor, and uh, the best thing about Anchor is they will distribute your podcast for you. You don't have to pay anyone. You don't have to do anything. Uh, they will distribute their po- your podcast on uh, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, um, Audible probably, everywhere where podcasts are available, Anchor will distribute yours. So, you know, if there's something you want to do in life, make a podcast, be a drag queen, be a video game designer, just start today. You know, get out a notebook write something down, download the Anchor app, download an app that's going to, you know, get your creative process going. Because, you know, for the past few hours, I've been making this podcast, and I'm so happy and so excited. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to the movie X. Show. At this point in the movie, you know, I'm like, okay, it's wrapping up. We're learning about Pearl a little bit. You know, that's where the scene happened where she's like looking at the picture on the wall and you see it's Mia Goth Young. So you're like, okay, 
you know, when she was younger, she looked like her, you know, this man would do anything for her. But again, I couldn't really understand what the motherfucker was saying at the swamp to the guy because he just was talking like I could barely understand him. And, you know, it just because they were trying so hard to, you know, I don't know, be scary. What is so scary about old people? (laughs) You know, because there was, you know, characterization for Pearl and, you know, this man from the past that I'm excited to see tonight and, you know, give all my details about that. Um, I, I, I was fine with the fact that the, the old lady was the killer, but I feel like there's a trend recently in modern horror films where we're making like older people scary like like the it, oh you if you have a lot of wrinkles on your face and you talk like you can barely you know breathe like that's scary and to me that's not really a good horror trope it's not something i think is like super scary you know the scene where pearl is crawling into bed with mia goth you know it's supposed to be so terrifying that this wrinkled woman is you know crawling into bed to you know rape her basically and to me not what what is not scary what is scary is the fact that a woman is trying to molest her it's not the fact that she's wrinkled and has white hair you know you know maybe to some people it is you know to some people the idea of you touching a wrinkled old person's body is so disgusting but for me as a person you know i i think i think when people age it's such a beautiful thing. You know, I don't believe in trying to, you know, stay plastic forever. <laughs> We're human. We're meant to grow old and have wrinkles and, and, and our hair is supposed to get white. And, and then we're full of memories. And, you know, old people are beautiful. There's nothing about a wrinkled old person that, that scares me or makes me feel uncomfortable. And, and I'm not the audience for this film <laughs> because they want people, whoever made this film wants people to, to look at, you know, an old wrinkly person as, as creepy or scary. And it's not just this film that has, you know, portrayed that. There was a movie by M. Night Shyamalan last year, I think. Yeah, it was like last year. It's called Old. The movie's called Old. That you're supposed to be afraid of becoming old. <laughs> When in reality, I'm, I'm afraid of staying young forever. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's where I, f- I think this film, you know, lacked in my opinion was, you know, there's nothing scary about an old wrinkly person, you know, but, w- but, but I can defend it by saying what is scary is a disgusting woman who kills people and rapes people and and just takes what she wants and doesn't you know care about human life that is disgusting and that is scary and and as i started to realize that about this character pearl it made me afraid of her or you know it made it work for me you know i was like okay i get it these people are nasty they're disgusting they are the family from texas chainsaw massacre where you're going to be strapped to their freaking dinner table and they're just going to be laughing as they torture you. You know, like, 
those are disgusting people, and that is a that is perfect for a horror film. You need to have nasty villains, <laughs> and these two people who kill these kids are nasty. They are gross, but not because of the way they look. And I'm gonna stand firm on that. <laughs> so as the film concludes, we see you know, like I said, my brain wandered off a little bit, and uh, I don't remember how Brittany Snow died. I remember she was like sleeping the whole movie. <laughs> She's like in bed while the guy, the guy like said, oh, I saw like someone walk by the window or something or I heard something. And she's like, yeah, whatever. And she goes back to sleep. Um, I don't remember what happened with her. <laughs> I was so excited about making my podcast. So I was like, well, you know, don't know what happened with Brittany Snow. But what I did see with Brittany Snow in the beginning, I enjoyed of her performance. Now, Jenna Ortega, who I'm like, who was giving me final girl energy the whole film we see her going to look for, yeah, who I now assume is her boyfriend, the guy with the, the long hair and the glasses. Or brother, or I don't know. You know, she, she, I think she's looking for him. And she uh, meets up with the old man who is, you know, killing people also, basically. And he, t- he tells her, oh, I need another light. Can you <laughs> go in the basement? <laughs> and get the light and this is why I love horror movies is because they're not reality they're not real life and you're never ever gonna go just go in the basement because the guy told you to you know but she does (laughs) she goes in the basement now as we saw in the beginning of the basement Mm. sorry I'm taking a sip of sweet tea Now, we saw in the beginning of the film, the police officers were going into the basement. And they saw something pretty disgusting down there. And as Jenna Ortega is in the basement, we see what she... We see what the cops found down there. (laughs) Which is a man chained in the basement, hanging from his wrists, and his trousers are around his ankles. So I'm assuming that this man was captured by probably the old man and had been, uh, yeah, raped. Am I allowed to say rape in a podcast? I don't know. Probably demonetizes me. But this is a a podcast about horror films. So I'm going to talk about what happens in the horror film. (laughs) I'm sorry if this content is uh, disturbing or uh, makes certain listeners uncomfortable. I do not condone any of the activities or, um, yeah, things that happened in this horror film. This is why they're the villains. <laughs> but anyway, Pearl, I'm assuming, had, uh, had a uh, prisoner down in the basement and probably did away with, uh, did, you know, had her way with him for quite a while before he died. Because, the, like, the look on his face and just, like, looked like he'd been down there for a while. Um, but, but, but probably not too, too long. That's the thing is, you know, he still had, like, flesh on his body. So, you know, he, he, you know, he hadn't decomposed. So, you know, she probably had him down alive down there, you know, maybe a couple months ago or something. So, you know, it's not like she hadn't gotten some, <laughs> you know, not that long ago. Um, you know, 
in the you know as we meet the character Pearl and we see her kill you know the the guy with the glasses and the long hair, you think like oh you know yeah she doesn't had any killing or or loving <laughs> fifty years or whatever, but no she had someone you know chained in her basement you know a couple months ago and he's dead so she needs some new uh some new toys. <laughs> Anyway, Jenna Ortega, uh, you know, tries to leave the basement, and it, she's locked in. And honestly, that horror m moment in horror films, like, really does it for me. You know, when we see a character trapped, locked in a room, locked in a basement, uh, in a cage, whatever, you know. Something about that is so terrifying to me and gut-wrenching and and yeah just the idea of like girl you just walked into a, ca a cage and now you're stuck um you know there's stuff down in the basement but still you know she's stuck <laughs> and i think at one point she finds the axe and like is trying to like chop her way out of the room i can't remember if she chopped the hole in the door or if the old man had did that i think she did and, you know, we see her face peeking out of the hole, and I'm like, this is a definite uh, Shining, The Shining uh, callback, you know, seeing with an axe and a <laughs> hole in the door. I was like, yep, that's, that's a here's Johnny moment. <laughs> but the old man just points the gun in the hole and tells her, get back down there, you know, like, you go shut up and be a prisoner. <laughs> um... But yeah, so, yeah, I really, uh, I really was tuning out at this point, because I don't remember, don't remember how the old man died. <laughs> Sorry, this is a, this is a bad review at the end here, but, um, what I do remember is I remember Mia Goth is the final girl, you know, she, she's the one that is, that is like, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here, like, I need to survive. And she faces off with Pearl in the end. And the face-off with Pearl in the end could have been better. Um, I feel like it was just kind of like, you know, Pearl didn't really put up that much of a fight, you know? Like, honestly, you know, she was just kind of a frail old woman who had help, you know, killing. And, um, yeah, it was kind of easy just to, like, kill her. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Pearl, like, goes to, like, shoot her or something, and Pearl flies out the door because of the backfire of the gun, and that basically does her in. <laughs> Pearl's own bloodlust, <laughs> which is, you know, it's always nice. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, the end was definitely not as good as the beginning, <laughs> I did, you know, watch that end of the film this morning. You know, I watched the second half, and um, it was nice. It was nice waking up early when it's nice and cool and uh, smoking a little uh, something and uh, <laughs> watching, you know, the second half of X. And, and overall, I enjoy it. I like it. Is it uh, X Radio... Uh, what is my rating going to be for, like, horror films? Is it, uh, ex, is it my, my, except, is it exceptional or do I exit out? Oh, that should be it. Okay. So 
is the horror film X exceptional or do I exit out? <sighs> there, there can't be any in between. That, that's, that's, what it's, that's what's going to make it hard is, you know, because this film is an in-between for me. You know, it's a, you know, I don't exit out. I don't exit out because there's so much good here. You know, there's so much um, pandering to horror fans. And I could see myself probably watching this film again, you know, knowing what was going to happen and, and being spoiled to that and, and just going into it thinking I wasn't going to like it. I liked it more than I thought which is great. Was it an exceptional film? Almost. It almost was. And it was closer to being an exceptional film than a film that I would X out. So I'm going to say the film X is exceptional. It's so exceptional that I did a whole episode on my podcast about it. <laughs> but stay tuned because... Uh, in the next segment of this podcast, we have a surprise bonus review, and it will be a spoiler-free review of Pearl, the prequel to X, and I will be seeing that tonight at uh, 7 p.m.? Yeah, I think it's at 7 p.m. at AMC Theaters, where they make movies better. You remember, like... Nicole Kidman says. <laughs> so yes, uh, stick around for the spoiler-free review of Pearl. I'm going to end this segment now and then uh, record that tonight after I watch the movie. I'm so excited. I'm going to get a pretzel with like cinnamon, sugar, and icing. <laughs> and I'm just excited. You know, I wish I could have saw X in theaters. I feel like X is a type of movie that is... It would have been more enjoyable to see on the big screen because of all of those beautiful shots that are meant to be just gorgeous 70s horror uh, glamour and macabre. And, you know, it's it was fun. I had a lot of fun watching this movie and I had a lot of fun talking about it. So thanks for listening to my review of X and stay tuned for my spoiler free review of Pearl. Thanks for listening. It's me. I'm back. I'm actually on my way right now to the theater to go see Pearl. It's about 6.30 p.m. Uh, Thursday night. And I will have this uh, review up tomorrow. So the movie will have been out for, you know, only one night, basically. I'm really excited to see Pearl uh, now that I have just watched X. And, you know, I think this is going to be the one. I think that they, they needed to make the movie X so that they could tell this story, which is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for this is the the big story of it all, you know, Pearl, how did she become the old disgusting woman that we saw in X? <laughs> but on my way to the theater right now to see this new film, 
I uh, had a few more things I just wanted to talk about regarding the film X. Uh, I did a quick little a little refresher on the movie before I left for the theater. You know, I didn't rewatch it, but I watched a little like you know recap on YouTube. Uh, just to, you know, confirm some things that I was unsure of because my mind was wandering off at the end and I, uh, yeah, didn't really know how half the people died. So, so I took some notes here and we're going to, we're going to go through them real quick for a couple minutes and, and then I will, uh, yeah, get in and go see Pearl. Uh, so the first note I have here is the concept of porn was very different in 1979 than it is today, <laughs> which, you know, is something to take into account. Uh, the whole plot of this film, as well as, you know, the themes of it, I feel like had a lot to do with sexual tension, uh, religious restriction, um, middle America, and, you know, I mean, still to this day, you know, we have... Uh, fights going on over abortion rights, and uh, yeah, it's still yucky. So I can only imagine the <laughs> sexual frustration that truly was going on in 1979 in rural Texas. Um, so that is something to take into account, and I wanted to uh, just mention that. Uh, that yeah, the, the idea of these kids coming in and filming a porno, you know, it's not as... Um, simple as something like that would be today. <laughs> it was it was a lot. Not that, you know, the actions of the killers is excusable, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I just wonder what it would be like to be a uh, very horny elderly person in a time where, yeah, you couldn't even, you couldn't even watch porn at home. There was no VHS, you know, there was, <laughs> there was nothing. So, Anyway, we're going to move on to the next, uh, the next note I have here, and it is regarding the meta horror film talk that they have when um, they're having their little, their little sit down after they filmed, and um, Mia Goth is being a bitch to Jenna Ortega, uh, which I really liked, <laughs> and um, they have a little meta film talk, uh, talking about referencing the film Psycho. And how, like, you can't change the plot, like, when, you know, in the middle of the movie or whatever. And um, I thought that was very, um, definitely a call back to Scream. You know, Scream was one of the first, you know, to do something like that. So for them to have that, like, cool little talk referencing real-world horror films within a horror film, um, I found that to be a note to bring up, which is cool. Um, the third note I have here is, yes, when, um, Jenna Ortega decides that she wants to be a part of the porn, she wants to have sex, uh, the symbolism of her taking off her cross, um, I thought that was actually really cool. The moment she takes off her cross is when, um, Pearl kind of, like, opens her eyes and, uh, uh, the, the life or the, the, the killer inside her is, like, eh, <laughs> brought back to life in that moment as soon as uh, the last of the innocents uh, has been removed. The cross has been taken off and the virgin is no longer a virgin. 
<laughs> so I think, you know, if Jenna Ortega's character, you know, was supposed to be the final girl by her deciding to have sex and <laughs> rid herself of her virginity, that is why she ultimately uh, meets her demise, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, the uh, other note was, yeah, because I couldn't remember how Jenna Ortega died. I remember she was stuck in the basement. And uh, after my little refresher, I saw that Jenna Ortega was killed with a shotgun while she was running out the door after a little uh, fight, verbal fight that she had with Mia Goth. Um, yeah, she like somebody was blaming somebody <laughs> and she just runs out the door and then either Harold or Pearl shot her with the shotgun. Um, so that's how Jenna Ortega died. Uh, as far as the, the porn star, the well and down porn star, he was officially killed by Harold's with the shotgun at the swamp. See, I thought maybe he got eaten by the croc, but the reason I thought that was because Bobby, Brittany Snow's character, was the one who was actually eaten by the croc, uh, which I remember a, I remember that there was a moment where, you know, I thought that Pearl like pushed somebody in with the crocodile, you know, very a la Lake Placid. But, nope, uh, uh, Bobby, Brittany Snow's character, actually gives a really good line before she dies, where she says to Pearl, it's not my fault you didn't have the life you wanted. And I thought that was really good. I thought that line was really good, and then Pearl did not like that, and then pushes her ass in for the crocodile to devour um, that's how she met her end. And the other line that I thought was really good or just like delivery of lines was when, um, Mia Goth was facing off with Pearl in the end. She was like, you know, you've kidnapped me. I'm going to be a star. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, be the one that survives this. And this is what's going to be my, my ticket to it all. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that that little like speech at the end, you know, because her whole the whole film she was kind of like, you know, really fame hungry, <laughs> um, and all these people they think that you know by making this film in this time period this is going to be their their big ticket to changing their lives forever. That's why they're taking it so seriously. They're willing to risk anything to make the film, uh, which is called. Farmer's daughter, <laughs> as a tractor drives by me. <laughs> Farmer's daughter is the name of the porno that they're making. I thought that was uh, a cool note. Anyway, so we know how everyone died now, and basically in the end, um, what really got me actually was Pearl, uh, not her being flown by the shotgun. I thought that was really lame. <laughs> uh, but you know, karma for her, she gets, she gets what she deserves. But, um, as Mia Goth is walking away to go get in the car, you know, as we're assuming that she's going to leave Pearl, Pearl is saying to her, you're not really special, calling her a whore and, you know, basically trying to get in her head psychologically as this woman has been doing, you know, the whole film this woman has utilized her age as an advantage to like, you know, 
kill people. I'm assuming since she has gotten old. But anyway, so her saying that, that kind of struck a, a nerve with me because um, there was this job I had one time where I was working for someone. And on the day I decided to leave, I was fed up. I decided to quit and leave. I was also, you know, living at this place where I was working. <laughs> and we're not going to mention, you know, where this place is. Uh, but the woman, as I was leaving, specifically said to me, you're not that special. I'll never forget that. And the reason she said that to me is because I said to her, you know, I'm, I quit. I'm going to be the one who leaves on their own terms because everybody who's ever stopped working here, you have fired. It was on your terms. <laughs> so I was like, I'm leaving on my terms. I quit. And she said to me, you're not that special. So for Pearl to actually be shouting that to Mia Goth as... <laughs> As she, you know, as she's leaving, I was like, that's a little too close to home for me. So, you know, I understand her uh, frustration, you know, as she gets in the car and she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to run this bitch's head over. <laughs> so that was basically the last note I had here was that um, Pearl got her head crushed uh, <laughs> by the truck's tire. I thought that was really cool. And it was a nice... Um, callback or reprise of the car running over the guts on the road and the, in the beginning of the film. So that was, that, that was full circle for me, truly. And the only other note that I do have here that I did not talk about, and the only other thing in the film that I basically didn't talk about, is that it is revealed that the preacher on the TV the entire time is Mia Goth's father. <laughs> He reveals that his daughter, you know, uh, was, uh, you know, lost to a life of sin and uh, shows a picture of her. And it's a younger girl with a ton of freckles on her face. So we're like, oh, my God, it's her. <laughs> so that was a fun little little uh, reveal at the end that I thought was cool. And I remember watching that the first time uh, and I forgot about it when I was going over the review. So... Now that we've gone over all of these notes, you know, to, to summarize and to finalize the film X before I go and see Pearl, you know, I was trying to come up with a theme for this film. You know, what, what, you know, what is the theme? And I came up with old ways versus new ways. That's kind of the theme of, you know, what's going on here. You know, we have uh, conservative, you know, people... <laughs> who are not happy with the non-conservatives coming in and wanting to do things differently and be sexually free. And, um, yeah, uh, that was, that was definitely a theme I, I felt was carried throughout the entire film. Um, and you could even push it a little further to, you know, old ways versus new ways, how they used to make films, films versus how they now make films. You know, this film was, I think um, speaking on that and, and, and showing people who watch horror films today, you know, that there is a certain reason why we really appreciate these horror films from 50 years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they set the standard. And, um, you know, I got to love a film that is a love letter 
to films like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up my review officially of X. Hey, are you hungry and you only got like a 10, maybe a 5? Well, good thing you're listening to Delicious Deals, where I give you insights on delicious deals. It's that simple. Before I get into Sea Pearl, I gotta talk to you about today's delicious deal. Today's delicious deal actually doesn't have much to do with food. We're talking about AMC's Stubbs A-Lister membership. Now, AMC offers a membership that costs exactly $23.95 a month. Now, for the price of less than two movies, you get to see up to three movies a week uh, every month. So, I've paid $23.95 and, you know, my, it's been less than a month, so my auto renew hasn't charged me again. And in just this month, I have seen, oh God, like a dozen films. I saw the re-release of Jaws, I saw Nope, I saw Bodies, 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 I even saw that random horror film about the two girls stuck on top of the metal uh, antenna called Fall. (laughs) It was actually better than I thought. (laughs) Anyway, with AMC's A-list stubs, you can always go to the movies. And you know, before I had this pass, I, I didn't go to the movies that often because you know, having to shell out $15 every time you want to go, you know, you don't go that often. But with my AMC A-List Stubbs membership, I, <laughs> I'm so excited to go to the movies every other day, basically. And right now I'm seeing Pearl at no additional cost. And it's that easy. <laughs> so for today's delicious deal, I absolutely encourage you to check out AMC's A-List Stubbs membership. You won't regret it. It is delicious. And AMC has this wonderful (laughs) trailer with Nicole Kidman that they play before every single film. And I gotta agree with her when she says that they make movies better because movies at AMC, they're just better. Yay! Wow, that was quite... A film. (laughs) I just walked out of the theater and have been one of the first people to see the film Pearl. And here's my spoiler-free review. Pearl is absolutely 100% a, and this is not a spoiler, it is a prequel to the film X. It is an origin story of the character Pearl. And no surprise, you know, it it was fun. It was it was exactly what I was expecting and then some, you know. There there were some things that that I wasn't anticipating or um you know, I didn't really put two and two together. 
until watching the film, and it was fun. Um, there was there was a lot of humor to it. It was definitely much more of a dark comedy, in my opinion, than a horror film. Um, whereas X was definitely like a, ho- a horror film, you know. Um, this one was a whole nother thing. <laughs> it was absolutely stylized to the to the tenth degree, <laughs> if that even makes sense. There was so much choice um, about everything, everything that they did in this film. The director, Ty West, you know, same director. You could tell that this was just the the story that they wanted to tell from the beginning. Um, this was planned. This was, you know, when they made the movie X, they were like, okay, you know, and then we can make another film where we tell Pearl's origin story. So I'm very happy. Um, I think this is a film that I'm going to want to watch definitely in the future, you know, potentially could be one of my favorite horror films, you know, like I just said, it's not really a horror film, it is a horror film, it's a horror comedy, horror comedies, in my opinion, are the best, you know, when, when the people making the film and the person watching the film are in on the joke, and definitely this film was that, um, there was, uh, some vibes and, some callbacks to other films and other, um, yeah, just like moments that I felt were very, uh, purposeful. (laughs) Um, you know, I don't want to give too much away regarding the time frame, you know, in case you don't know, in case you, you know, just want to go into Pearl blind and just knowing what you know from X, Um, but yeah, I liked the time that the film took place in. It was very much a period piece, you know, just like X was a 1979 horror film. This was a film of a, you know, a completely different time. And, you know, I could see them exploring other time periods in this franchise now. Um, I would maybe hope to, you know, see the next film go somewhere else besides the character of Pearl, (laughs) because I feel like at this point, we got it, we get her, you know, we get her character, you know, it'd be fun maybe to, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling weird, just because it was like a, it was a good experience, and I'm, I'm really happy I got to watch like the past two films, and, uh, you know, within a 24-hour time frame, um, and that, you know, that's probably the best way to watch it. Pearl was an experience, and to see it on the big screen with AMC, I gotta say, you know, it was probably the best way to experience that film on opening night. So check out Pearl, a film directed by Ty West, in theaters now. Uh, you could see it everywhere. And I highly recommend checking it out. If you, by any chance, did not see the movie X, I personally felt like you could watch this film and get something from it as is. Um, It was a very unique film. A film unlike any other film I really have ever seen. (laughs) But you definitely, you know, most likely should watch X before watching Pearl. But... 
go to the movies, go see it. And as I mentioned earlier in the Delicious Deals segment, get that AMC Stubbs A-lister membership. I mean, the amount of movies that I've crammed into a one-month period, you know, I would have spent over $200 at this point. (laughs) So it is 100% the best deal I could possibly talk about this week. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say regarding the film without giving anything away. You know, what I can say is if you liked the film X you're going to like this film. You know, if if X wasn't a film that you want to ever return to, you don't ever want to return to that character and, you know, have more from that world, then, you know, Pearl's probably not the option for you. (laughs) But there are so many great scary movies, in my opinion, coming out, you know, as this year comes to a close. Uh, The next big one that comes out at the end of September is called Smile. I'm really excited to see Smile. Um, It looks looks promising. You know, it could be a dud. (laughs) But I'm definitely going to check out Smile. And um, another big one that we got to talk about is Barbarian. (laughs) Now, I've seen Barbarian. I saw it uh, as it came out last week, Friday night. And... Yeah, that's one I'm definitely going to have to do an episode about. (laughs) I would like to maybe see it again in theaters before I um, do an episode about it. But Barbarian, in theaters now, um, that's a film you want to go into knowing nothing about. And I highly recommend going and seeing it. Um, You know, to beat the heat this past month, um, I've been going to the movies. You know, it's a great way to... Find uh, some great air conditioning and, uh, yeah, enjoy a nice cold beverage, a pretzel, and just be teleported to another world for a couple hours. <laughs> it's been my new obsession, and I'm really happy to share it with y'all here on my podcast. So, you know, with my spoiler-free review of Pearl... I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that film is extraordinary. You know, it is definitely extraordinary. Uh, something I have never seen before. And I enjoyed the viewing experience. I really did. Um, I feel like most people in the theater maybe didn't get it. You know, maybe didn't vibe with it 100%. But, you know... The only, the only opinion that matters when it comes to film is your own. So, <laughs> you know, <sighs> you know, this is one I'm going to be thinking on for a bit, you know, I'm going to X and Pearl. Um, and I find it really weird that both of those film titles are titles of Pokemon games. There is a Pokemon X version <laughs> and there is a Pokemon Pearl version, <laughs> So I know that has nothing to do with anything, and I'm probably one of the only people that will ever think of that. (laughs) But yeah, some food for thought. Um, And yet, so, you know, in this episode, we've talked about my love of horror films, talked about my love for delicious deals, and I, I did touch on my love for Pokemon and gaming, you know, and how 
I'm very excited for the new game that comes out in November, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. So, you know, to cover that cornerstone in this episode, you know, just know I will be talking a lot about the new upcoming Pokemon game, uh, as well as other games I've been delving into lately. (laughs) Um, A new one that just came out for iOS and Android uh, is called Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel, a game by Konami that is a new spin on the classic Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters game, card game, you know, um, they got a few, a few games running right now, you know, there's Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, and now the new Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel, which is free on, you know, all app, app stores, uh, Steam, very fun, um, if you're into those classic Yu-Gi-Oh! Monsters, Dark Magician, and Blue Eyes White Dragon, uh, check it out, because, that's what I've been playing on my phone lately. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel. And as for, you know, the corner of drag, um, right now I've been diving into RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race, which uh, I believe there's a new episode tomorrow, which will be tonight, uh, as you're listening to this podcast. As you should listen to my podcast the day it comes out. <laughs> Uh, RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race is a reality competition performance show uh, that airs on VH1 at 8pm on Friday night. And they take a gaggle of celebrities and uh, make them disguise their identities, a la Masked Singer, and don drag personas that they create and they do drag performances and each week uh two uh in the bottom of the competition for the week will lip sync for their life and one will be eliminated a la you know classic drag race style it is really fun and a great twist on the drag race formula um Currently, who is still left in the competition, I would say I'm probably rooting for... Mm, what's that? Ch- Chick LaFay. Chick LaFay, I think, is probably going to win the whole thing. She's uh, my favorite. I like Ch- Chick LaFay. And I also like Donna... Donna Bellissima? I think her name is Donna Bellissima. Which, she is the only queen that I actually knew from the get-go who they are in person. (laughs) Which, uh, celebrity, they are. Uh, Sorry, there's a trolley flying by me right now. But yeah, RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race is a fun spin-off of Drag Race. And, um, you know, it's nice to have something to tide us over until season 15. Um... So yeah, I will always be updating my listeners on the current rankings in the drag race. Uh, winners, losers, lip sync for your lives, and uh, all things drag. So stay tuned. Now to end the podcast here, I just want to thank you one more time for listening. If you've made it all the way to the end of my podcast, <laughs> episode one. Uh, which is a very long episode, 
Um, but, you know, we had a lot we needed to talk about. We had some introductions to do, and I was so excited to start this podcast. I crammed two reviews into this podcast episode. So thank you so much for joining me today on X Radio. And yeah, look forward to new episodes every Friday. That's going to be my schedule and I'm going to stick to it. So yeah, I hope you enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend and watch some scary movies, you know. Um, If there is a way to send me a message on here, I think Anchor, the app that I use to make this podcast, uh, has a feature where you can send messages to the host of a podcast and they could actually put those messages in the show. So if you have any requests for horror films or video games or drag queens or delicious deals that you think I should talk about, don't hesitate to send a message over to me. I thank you again and yeah, uh, welcome to the X Radio family. Happy podcasting, everyone. Hey, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. This podcast would not be possible if it weren't for the apps Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also, my podcast would not be possible if it weren't for all of the other incredible podcasts that I've become addicted to. Because of all of the incredible podcasts that are available to us, it has inspired me to create my own and I'm grateful that you're listening. So make sure you check out other podcasts also. Today I want to talk to you about violating community guidelines. This podcast is hosted by Sarah Schauer and Brittany Broski, two individuals who take on the internet and all of the oddities and obscurities that come with it. They are hilarious and I never miss an episode of violating community guidelines. Available everywhere podcasts are available. And again, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If this was the first podcast you ever listened to, I am honored. X Radio! This episode of X Radio is not sponsored by any product, service, or podcast advertised in this episode. Everything I advertise is strictly because I love it, and I really want you to know about it.